to the first ever Perfectus Performance Podcast. Nailed it this time. Nailed it. Uh, this is the first one, the first of hopefully many. Uh, we're going to discuss all things performance, uh, therapy, mobility, uh, endurance, strength, field sports, you name it. We'll probably cover it if it relates to health, fitness, strength, uh, any of that stuff. I am Brian. This is Gavin. Hello, everyone. Gavin and I are, uh, we are the twosome that make up Perfectus Performance. That's what we do. Um, I have a background in strength and conditioning and neuromuscular therapy. Gavin? Uh, neuromuscular therapy, that's how we met. That's um, how we met. Quite a, quite a fun challenge for endurance sports. And endurance sports. So together we uh, make a, quite a hardy duo, uh, or a hardly duo. Hardly a duo, yeah. Hardly a duo. Only- well, what are we going to talk about today? Movement. Movement. What is movement? What What is movement? And is there such thing as good movement? Yes. Cool. Let's talk about it. I'm not going to elaborate on that. <laughs> yes. Podcast over. At the end. Yes, there's good movement. So we're going to talk about good movement. What is good movement? How is good movement? Why is good movement? Is that, is that, is Where that, is good movement? How is good movement? <laughs> is that philosophical? Did we go too deep there too soon? Too soon. Um, okay, cool. So I think if we're going to discuss what good movement is, then we're probably going to need to discuss what normal movement is. Yeah, and probably discuss that normal and common are sometimes mixed up together. So, so normal is not common? Normal should maybe be the standard, but then maybe differentiate between like what people might think is normal, but it's actually just common and it's not good movement rounded shoulders, stuff like that. So there you have it. Common is not good movement. Don't be common. That's what we've learned here. Yeah. Be hipster in your in your movement. Hipster movement. So we, we need to strive for normal, then strive for good movement, uh, but never look for common movement. Yeah, so why don't you why don't you tell people like what, what would be normal? What would be normal movement? Uh, I guess if we're talking about normal movement, what we need to look at is the scenario of having full access to your range of motion, uh, having the requisite mobility to get into the positions that you need to do, uh, being able to load in those positions while being mobile without compensation or pain. I would assume that that's normal. That to me sounds like normal, you know, normative function of the body, right? We're not sore, we're not compensating, we have full access to what we need. Yeah. Um, and I think common is probably tight hips, red shoulders, sore low back, nondescript back pain. But they can still get the job done, kind of, you know. You work around it as super yeah. compensatory patterns, right? There's no pain, verticomus, but that's not to say that there's a compensation going on or there might be pain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even if you look at high-level athletes, and this isn't just a what's common for everybody, this is like what's common for high-level athletes, is, is we look at that scenario and we say, hey, there's a huge amount of compensation here. However, they're functionally mobile for the task at hand. Uh, and that, again, is not normal. It's common uh, to have those compensatory patterns. So normal, then, is, is just having full access to the body's capability to move. Yeah, that would make sense. Like what the full range of motion about a joint, be it X amount of degrees of shoulder flexion or extension or hip flexion. That's what you mean, normal, like just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like what I mean. There you go, folks. <laughs> there you Full go. Stop. <laughs> what what I mean by Gavin? That's that, <laughs> yeah. that will do. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, yeah. So I guess you know before we can get to good movement, now that we know what normal movement is, 
Um, well, what we think is normal. Yeah, well, our uh, caveat, our interpretation of good slash normal slash common movement. So we don't speak for everybody. We speak for ourselves, our experience, and, and the way that our nervous system interprets the world. Right. Turns out there. there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice disclaimer there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So when we're talking about, uh, I guess, mobility in, in the scenario of, of what we do, and, uh, let's, let's actually take a step backwards. Let's talk about the range of motion. Uh, and I'm going to throw this one in here that to me, range of motion is flexibility. Well, hang on, we actually haven't said what range of motion is. Someone listening might not actually have come across that term before. Get there. Oh, very good. Get there. You see, he's two steps ahead of me. It's it's like a Tarantino film in my head where I do the middle and then I jump to the end and then back to the beginning and the middle again. You're no Agatha Christie, you're more Tarantino. Yeah, exactly. Like Tarantino thoughts. Uh, So to me, range of motion is flexibility. Uh, and what that means, and I think everybody's heard of the term flexibility, right? Everyone, they, you know, tries to be more flexible. Yeah, that's like the goal. People do they do their yoga, Pilates, they stretch, they do all the things that they need. Even to in increase, school, increase the physical education, there would have been flexibility. I'm doing air quotes here. You would have stretched and the likes. Yeah, yeah, everyone's familiar with that term. Cool. So flexibility then, and the way that we understand it, the way that that I, I say we, I speak for Gavin, I guess when I say we, but the way that I understand it is that range of motion that is flexibility because range of motion is the access to the full range of motion of the joint. So the ability to move from full extension to full flexion without compensation, blockage, interference, pain, any of those weird movement patterns that occur, all of that stuff that would make up normal movement. Okay, yeah. Makes sense? Makes sense to cool. me. Um, cool. So if range of motion is flexibility, then I think the other thing that people hear about often and we, when we talk about often is mobility. And I've said it already a couple of times. Uh, and then mobility is the ability to move through the range of motion um, freely without compensation or pain. Uh, and then the, the caveat that I would put on that is that mobility is also the ability to, and what's good mobility, let's say, rather than mobility, is the ability to move through full range of motion easily, freely, without compensation or pain under load. So we can also load that tissue uh, and we don't have any of these uh, compensatory patterns or pain or things like that occur. Cool. So you're saying that mobility isn't just the ability to move freely, pain-free, all that. It also pertains to actually you have a weight in your hand. You might be doing a loaded squat True. or a barbell squat or something like that. And like being able to use that range of motion with weight as well as just without the weight. That's what you're saying. Mobility is the whole, the whole gamut. Mobility is the range from body weight squat to two, three hundred kilos professional powerlifter with correct load. And I, I think realistically, if you have access to that full range of motion, you don't have any compensation. Those two, I won't say will look the same because putting two hundred kilos in your back does not look the same. But the fundamental biomechanics should be the same. How you would organize yourself for access that should be the brace same. the spine. Squeeze the glutes, external rotation of the hips to create stability through the joint, etc., etc., etc. Cool. Cool. All right. So we've we've defined our, our mobility is movement without compensation, pain, basically, and that's what we're talking about. So when when we look at, at good movement and when we talk about good movement, then how does that fit? Well, taking what what you said, good movement would be full access. So full access. Good range of motion, the ability to organize yourself, the ability to get your joints to move with a load, 
That's just too vague, though, isn't it? It's just like, no, what is gun movement? I, I, yeah, I, 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 think, I know where you're coming from. I think I think you pretty much nailed it, though, right? Uh, and the way like, that I understand it is, is that we've already touched on what good movement is. Yeah. Because we we said what's normal movement is the ability to move through full range of motion. So we have our full flexibility. And then we have our mobi- mobility, which is the ability to move through full range of motion without compensation or pain, actively or passively. I don't think we said that before. Oh, yeah. Whether you move it or I move you through that range, the, the capacity to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then I think good movement. Exactly. I think good movement then, if we're talking about movement and, and, and specificity around the, the biomechanics of the body, is the ability to access that mobility under load. And I think the under load is probably the part that gives us the good movement, right? If our movement does not deviate from what we deem normal or normative or good, when we load, then it's good movement, right? Then we have the requisite amount of, of strength, stability, flexibility, mobility to be in a position that we can own that position, right? Yes. And then breathe in it. Yeah. Breathing is a litmus test. A lot of smart people talk about if you can't breathe in a position, you don't own it. When big fan of ours, Kelly Sturette, Dr. Kelly Sturette. Dr. Kelly Sturette. Brian McKenzie. Gunners. Yes, Brian McKenzie. If you, if you can't, and even like if you're taking a yoga class and the, the yogi is very particular about the breath, which is very good. Like, yeah, or Astanga, you can't move from one motion to another without breathing. And if you can't do that, you don't really have the, uh, the capacity cool. to use that moment. So then... But then going back to it, you say good movement with load and everything like that, being able to replicate that movement again and again, again and again without the need to look. Obviously, you got to warm up if you're exercising and stuff like that. I'm not saying to folks that like you should not have to <laughs> warm up. No, no, no. There's a little disclaimer there. But being able to replicate a movement without pain, without compensation, under load or without load, and being able to replicate it. Not having to distract your joint for 10 minutes, not having to foam roll a part of the body for 20 minutes. You know, I hope no one ever foam rolls a part of the body for 20 minutes. I'm sure there's people who do it there. But yeah, just going back to it, maybe that could also be the good movement is the being able to repeat it, replicate it, and own it. It's that good movement of yours to have and to use. Cool. So, so then to shorten the definition from our. Rambles. Rambles. <laughs> the good movement is the ability to access full range of motion and mobility to move through the motion without compensation or pain under load through repetition while breathing. Yeah. All right. It's being a human, folks. That's Nailed it. Uh, hands up in the audience if you could do it. I see zero hands. I also see zero audience. But there you go. I see zero hands up here as well. So yeah, me too. Yeah, no uh, shade, people. No shade. Cool. So we've pretty much determined what's good movement then. Certainly in our eyes. In our eyes, yeah. I mean, what what we would term what we would term good movement and how we would we would uh, describe it. I guess if we were talking to to clients in in our clinic here. Uh, and then the other thing that we need to talk about is, I think when we're talking about movement, we've. I think I touched on this earlier is the mobility and stability. And I, I mentioned these things a couple of different times, right? Mm-hmm. So we already know what mobility is. Um, and then stability is the ability to hold the joint in a position under load through movement, whatever it is. So if it's, you know, pressing a barbell overhead or even lifting your suitcase overhead to get to the overhead compartment on the airplane is the ability to 
safely hold the joint in the end range of that range of motion. Right? Would that be useful? Yeah, really? okay. Happy enough for that definition? Yeah. Cool. Exactly. We can all relate to trying to throw a bag overhead in an airplane. Yeah. In a confined space as well. In a confined space. If you're tall. If you're tall. Super hard. Whilst trying to breathe. Whilst trying to breathe. Mm-hmm. Can you breathe overhead in an airplane with your suitcase over your head? Would you want to breathe sometimes in those airplanes? That's a problem. Perhaps you should... Uh, Make a video about uh, mobility versus stability, or oh, mobility and stability. I will make a video. Um, that's actually a good idea. So we'll make a video uh, and we'll post it alongside this or on social. Uh, but I, I guess the mobility stability conundrum, I'm going to call it, is that uh, at least in my eyes, in the way that, that I've understood it, in the way that I've spoken about it with Gavin, is, is that mobility, everyone sees mobility and stability as being opposite ends of, of this line. Uh, line graph where you're either mobile or stable and I don't think that that really is fair or accurate towards the body's capacity for movement yeah it's, it's you can't be either one or the other you said it to me before there's an interdependence an interdependent capacity so uh, the way that I, I, I look at it those are big words right that's my word a day calendar coming into you so it's it's not versus it's not mobility versus stability it's mobility and stability yeah, you don't train one for the other exactly it's, it's it's both of those together interdependently and the capacity that you have to to access both your your full range of mobility and the stability in the joint to be able to perform the action and, and all the different segments of that in between and i think the part that people miss in that general conversation between mobility and stability is is when we really break down that that conversation is on one end you have mobility, on one end you have stability. And the way I look at it is that they're both uh, either two parallel lines or two adjoining curves, uh, convex and concave curve joined together at the ends. Yeah. And at one end you're gonna have hypermobility. And I think people are probably commonly uh, aware of, of what hypermobility is and how it works. Uh, basically the joint is, is over mobile, it has too much raising motion. You might have heard someone being referred to as double jointed. Double jointed. It's not necessarily a double joint. It's just too much they range in the joint they have. Two knees and one leg. That would be pretty impressive. Yes. Or in another scenario, if you sprained your ankle, you may have additional um, mobility there. But that would probably be termed hypo stability rather than hyper mobility. And the hypo means uh, lack of less whereas hyper is more of, so we've got less stability than we should have. And those things are kind of interdependent too, and they go hand in hand. So if a joint, you know, you, you want to move a joint and it moves too much, you're hypermobile. Um, and then the other end of this whole spectrum uh, of capacity is going to be your hypo mobility and hyper stability. And that's the things like, you know, if your joint just doesn't move, your wrist is like stuck, you got carpal tunnel, that wrist doesn't want to flex or extend, you can't bend it, you can't move it, that's going to be hyper stable. It's, it's basically stuck in its form wherever it is and you don't really have the access to move that. You don't have that range of motion access uh, and that would be hypomobility. So if, if it's supposed to move, and it probably is, right? Uh, if it's a joint, it, yeah. it's a joint, it's supposed to move. Even if it's micro movements, it's supposed to move. Um, being hypomobile or having that lack of mobility is going to um, give us a whole host of problems. And uh, for, 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 I guess, the, the coaches, the PTs, the, the sports scientists, the therapists and stuff out there, if you're familiar with uh, Yanda uh, and the joint-by-joint joint approach, uh, really interesting. It, it, it gives you this idea that, you know, stability and mobility are 
stacked upon each other joint by joint. So if you look at the ankle, it's, it's going to be a mobile joint, then the knee is going to be a more stable joint because it doesn't have 360 degrees of movement. Yeah. Now, it does have more than just hinge. There's a little bit more movement the there, a little bit of rotation going on, but you, you've got this For idea. The most part. Exactly. You've got this idea that you've got this, this mobile ankle, a stable knee, this mobile hip. But what happens if that ankle becomes hypermobile and you lose that mobility is then that mobility has to come somewhere and it, it now accesses the knee and the knee becomes hypermobile or hypostable. And that's where that, that continuum comes across is that you're supposed to have some stability there, but you don't have access to the stability you used to have for whatever reason, whether it's acute injury, repetitive strain, something else up or down the system. Uh, and now you have this hypomobility or hypostability, sorry, where you just don't have the capacity to keep that knee joint stable. And that's where you're going to get knee pain and you're going to get all of these problems. Uh, and you see it a lot with, I guess, runners who lack dorsiflexion will often uh, have We'll throw it in there. Uh, runners who lack dorsiflexion, like you can't flex the ankle, um, will often uh, exhibit knee pain because the hip will have to externally rotate to create that space and extension of the hip, and that's going to give some valgus knee. And those are a lot of big words there, but I'm just going to throw it in for the people uh, that know. Big words. For the people who don't know what those words are, just, just DMs. Yeah, yeah. Throw us a question. We'll, we'll explain it all. Um, so... I think the mobility stability, what is really important was probably a small digression away from what is good movement, but it's a also small, a large digression. Uh, but to bring it back to the runner example, it doesn't have dorsiflexion. So that's, you could quote unquote say that's a bad movement. Bad movement. Causes some compensations, might cause some pain. Also, might not cause some pain. Let's, let's give a shout out to the pain science. People yeah, there might not cause pain. Absolutely. Might not be pain. It might be asymptomatic. Exactly. Pain. Yeah. Uh, but that's also common, right? So that lack of dorsiflexion is super common. Yeah. Super common. I see it a lot. I see it in uh, not only runners. You can see it. In, you see it in cyclists, right? Yeah. Um, and your shoes stuck in there. Yeah, stuck in your shoes. It's crunch your feet up into those tiny cyclist shoes. Yeah. And I don't cycle, by the way. This is Gavin's. Little feet prisons. <laughs> yeah, feet prisons. Um, you see it in runners. You see it in cyclists. You see it in. Uh, you see it in squatters a lot. Hey, why are you wearing those Olympic lifting shoes yeah, while you're squatting? Why do right? you see a lot of people squatting with maybe a, a, a plate underneath? Shoved under their heels? Yeah, exactly. Because they don't have the dorsiflexion and then they subsequently have problems up and down the chain. If you guys want more on dorsiflexion, what a video on dorsiflexion, just let us know and we will make that. Um, cool. So uh, hopefully we're getting to the point that we're actually sharing some knowledge of what good movement is. So to recap, uh, good movement is the ability to move through full range of motion, uh, full mobility, which is the access to range of motion freely without compensation of pain, under load, through repetition, and breathing. Right? Right. Nailed yeah, it. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then when we, we just look at that runner example again, because I think that's a really good one, and I think that we're relatable. Gonna, it's relatable, because a lot of people run, right? And it's, it's a recreational activity, it's stress relieving, it's a sport. People do it as part of other sports. You know, it's, it's something that a lot of people will partake in. VHI will give you a discount on your health insurance if you sign up to a few park runs. If you didn't know that. Are you sponsored by VHI? I am not. But if VHI is listening. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of benefits to running. We can probably talk about that at another stage. But if you think about what we've just said and termed our access to good movement is through repetition. Right? So can we get that full access to dorsiflexion the whole way through our run? Or does it break down when we're fatigued? 
And I think there's another component to what is good movement fatigue. Can we access the movement or is it pain-free and compensation-free under fatigue? We're layering this up, the pyramid of good movement. I think we'll draw a pyramid of good movement. It's more like a, well. a German, or what's it? Yeah, it is Jenga. A Jenga. There's a lot to it, I think, that, you know, to, to get the idea of what good movement is. But I think, just to go back to it again, is that, you know, the repetition, and you, you called this out, the repetition is key. The ability to continue to perform the movement through that full range uh, uh, of motion without compensation or pain under repetition, right? Again and again and again and again. And the more you do it, the more fatigued you're going to be. And then we want to keep doing it. And, and I think the, the phrase that comes to mind and what most people would have heard is practice makes perfect. But I don't think that's very true, right? Um, I think it's practice makes permanent. So if we're spending our time practicing our quote-unquote good movement that we just defined through our repetition with our breathing, then we're going to build our capacity to continue to do that under fatigue. And we're going to practice that. And then when we fatigue, we will default back to good movement. Whereas if we spend all of our time doing bad movement, then we're going to default back to bad movement. If it's not practice enough, perfectly. If it's not practice enough, perfectly. Yeah. So perfect practice makes perfect. Perfect. Anyway, so hopefully that was somewhat useful to someone out there. I hope it was informative. Yeah, informative. Yeah. Maybe it gets you thinking. Maybe you know all this stuff already. Uh, if you do know it and you want to have a conversation, please reach out. Yes. If you don't know it and you want to have a conversation, please reach out. Any of the terms confusing or you just didn't know what we're talking about? Again, reach out. Uh, this is the first one, so hopefully quality and content will get better as we go. Yeah. Uh, we're feeling it as much as you are. So thank you for staying with us. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, catch you in the next one. Goodbye.